The Real Chemistry Podcast connects the dots between our guests and the innovative work they do to show up and shape the future of healthcare. Why? So you, the listener, are encouraged to join us on our relentless pursuit to make the world a healthier place for all. Some may call it idealism. We call it real chemistry. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, Chief Marketing Officer of Real Chemistry and host of the Real Chemistry Podcast. And today we are coming to you from a very special place. It's the Life Itself Conference hosted by Mark Kadosh and Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And it is down at the historic Del Coronado Hotel in San Diego. Uh, Some amazing speakers. You'll get uh, a chance to hear some of them in upcoming episodes. But today we have a very special guest who uh, has spoken in a number of our events and is one of the attendees, but very easily could have been a speaker at Life Itself. And that is Dr. Gita Nayar, who is the chief medical officer of Salesforce. Uh, We're going to talk during our session a little bit about how she got into healthcare. Uh, What makes a chief medical officer, since I think there are some people, especially those that see them at places like Salesforce and Samsung and other non-healthcare focused companies, what do they do and what does a day in life look like for her? She has an upcoming book focused on disinformation and misinformation. Uh, And of course, as always, we we get to know her a little bit better through her her wish and uh, her Deserted Island album. So hopefully you'll stay tuned and listen in. And we'll enjoy the conversation as much as I did. All right. So I'll start by calling you Dr. G, which is my favorite name for you. But Dr. Gita Nayar, you're the uh, chief medical officer at Salesforce, but you've also become a good friend. And part of why you've become such a good friend is we've had an opportunity to hang out at a bunch of really smart conferences. And right now we're at the Life Itself Conference. We're going to get into that later. Uh, Mark Hadosh and Dr. Sanjay Gupta are leading it. Some incredible stuff. But I do want to get into, like I do with any of my guests, what makes the people I'm interviewing tick, right? So uh, not only did you get into healthcare, but you're also an MD and you got your MBA just because you're a little bit of a glutton for punishment. What was the thing that inspired you to get into healthcare in the first place? Well, Aaron, first, thanks for having me on. And um, people call me worse things than Dr. G. So I appreciate you uh, calling me so professionally. Um, look, I am just a science nerd at heart. I, I love everything about science. I find it fascinating. I think the human body is the most amazing piece of engineering that that ever was. Um, and I'm a people person. So being a doctor just really made a lot of sense for me. Uh, I come from a medical family, so that certainly was part of it. But really, it's the it's the science and the connection with people that has always motivated me uh, to be a physician, which I very much is what still makes me tick, is, is patient outcomes, changing people's lives to be healthier so that they can be productive, right? We learned that, we've reminded of that during the pandemic, that that health is wealth and without health, the buck stops there, right? Yeah, and you are still a medical doctor, practicing medical doctor as well, right? And I guess we'll get into that and how that helps you with your day-to-day. It's one of the things I've really loved because you're not just someone that pontificates about it, but you've gone through medical school, you actually you know treated patients, Let's start with a question that I think I didn't really know the answer to this until a few years ago, uh, and I joked with you earlier that you belong to the Secret Association of Chief Medical Officers. What in general, because I think it's becoming a more and more important thing, especially across less healthcare-centric companies like a Salesforce, what does a 
chief medical officer in general do? And then we'll get into what your job in, uh, entails at Salesforce. Sure. Well, it's definitely not a secret. There's a bunch of chief medical officers walking around here at Life itself. So we're, we're definitely a, a formidable force. And I think that's really the story. Chief medical officers, while not new, the difference or the shift that really has happened because of the pandemic is the emphasis and priority on health by every business, right? Not just healthcare businesses. So what does that mean? That means retail, manufacturing, um, hospitality, every industry, because they have been impacted by COVID are now saying, we don't ever want that to happen again. We cannot have a burnt out workforce. We cannot have an unhealthy workforce. And in the era that we're living, which has now become a hybrid environment, how do we make sure productivity is still there, but also be fair and equitable to individual risk? So a chief medical officer can mean a couple of things, really, but they really spread the gamut of responsibilities around health, well-being, benefits. In a technology company like a Salesforce, it's informing products. It's informing and being informed about the market and conversations with customers to ensuring that you remain relevant and continue to innovate in, in the healthcare space, of which tech and digital health continues to be at the forefront, right? Remember, so much of what we were able to do in healthcare is because we went digital. And you and I have been talking about that for a long time, but it actually happened in real life and got very fastly accelerated. So part of this is when we think about health and benefits. In the past, it was ping pong tables. It was, how do we get you to stay on campus and at work? We're going to serve you really great meals and snacks. But now it's, what are the benefits that help your population work safely and productively at home? or get access to a doctor or a nurse or, or a subject matter expert for mental health and well-being? And, you know, do you offer telemedicine services? Do you offer benefits that help people or encourage people to move about and find ways to connect? So everything has really changed, both on the health and wellness side, as well as on the actual digital delivery of care. And every company is asking themselves, how do I ensure that I am successful at healthcare to keep my workforce and my customer engaged and and stay with me, right? Stay with me to the end, true end of the pandemic and stay with me in a way that it becomes such an amazing and important part of the culture and benefits that why would you ever leave? Well, it's funny to think like who ever thought there would be a day where beyond like 401k and vacation and um, health, you know, um, insurance, the people would see some of these things as benefits. So I love that you're spelling that out and that that has become a priority I guess, and I don't know if you can get into this or not, but I, I think you can because you're a pretty public person. You happen to work for this guy named Mark Benioff, right? And you actually, you work at a really big company. Not everyone knows Mark personally, but you have been able to build a relationship with him. And maybe you could share a little bit of insight as to why this is important to him because he is such the culture and such a driving force behind everything Salesforce. So he's the guy that created it and has really turned it into the, the engine that it is today. So health and safety has evolved as a priority. It, it always was, but I think, again, it became that much more prudent and important through the pandemic. And both our CEOs now, Mark Benioff and Brett Taylor, have very much established that it is a priority as it relates to our culture, our benefits, and our innovations. Remember, we launched Vaccine Cloud. We launched contact tracing capabilities, uh, Safety Cloud for testing. We have literally evolved every time something changed in the pandemic. As soon as there, when there wasn't a vaccine, we were contact tracing people. When there was a vaccine, we were distributing it. When there was testing available, we were trying to figure out how to do it at scale. And actually, they're doing some of this here at Life itself um, as well. And in partnering with individuals like Larry Brilliant and hiring someone like me as their chief medical officer, these are all indicators of how important 
It is to our business at Salesforce and remains both internally for employees as well as our customer engagements. Well, again, it's it's just such a critically important thing right now. And I do want to shift gears a little bit because also critically important, even though it's less scientific and less medically oriented, is this concept of misinformation and disinformation. And you've been kind enough to come and speak at some of our events at South by Southwest and um, I can't remember the others, but all these important events. And one of the things that you've really sort of hit as a drumbeat is the disinformation and misinformation. So let's talk about why this is a passionate topic. And then maybe we could tease the book a little bit, which people will start to see, I think maybe, what is it, nine, 12 months out? Perfect. Yep. Next spring, next spring, next fall. So let's, let's talk about misinformation, disinformation, why are you passionate about it? And then let's talk a little bit about what role it's going to play in the book that people will be able to get come next South by Southwest. I, I certainly hope so. Thanks, Aaron. So, you know, first of all, I think if you are being a truly good physician, part of your job is to teach, right? There's that adage, you can, you know, feed a man a day with a fish or you can teach a man to fish and feed him for a lifetime. I feel the same way about health literacy, And so much of what happens with patient care is simply because patients, consumers don't understand complex medical diagnoses, treatments, and physicians often either don't have the time, don't have the skill set. And we've seen that play out, obviously, with COVID, but this plays out every day with diabetes, hypertension, pregnancy. Consumers are so easily fooled because they don't have the literacy about their own body and their own health. And the stakes couldn't be higher. And if we think about where the industry is at, you know, in the past, hospital systems in particular have always thought marketing was was cute. You're a marketing guy, so I can say that to you, right? Now it's a must-have. And it really relates to misinformation and disinformation from a patient um, retention and acquisition strategy. Because the reality is patients will go to a retailer. They will go to their mechanic and their hairdresser for information as opposed to their doctor because one, they don't have a doctor, they don't have access to a doctor, or they can't understand what their doctor is saying to them, right? And so that's the opportunity now. And it truly can be the solve for so many chronic diseases. Hypertension is a great example. I mean, I would, be, I would be wealthier than Mark Benihoff if I had a nickel for every time a patient said to me, you know, doc, my hypertension has been doing so great. So today I decided not to take my meds because I was coming to see you. And hypertension is one of those myths where it's the invisible killer, right? Because you don't actually feel hypertension until you have a stroke, until you have a heart attack. And so making patients understand that, hey, you're actually going to take this medication to prevent having symptoms. You don't stop taking the medication because you feel good. They kind of, it's it's elusive, right? And that's hard to understand um, for the average person. So it's small things like that where I think if we can make information more snackable is what I like to say, short, simple, um, but also approachable and and, um, and easy to understand and relatable. And, uh, and all of these are things I plan to talk about in the book. And I think it will remain, unfortunately, a chronic issue until we come together as a community and also incorporate this into our education. Health literacy needs to be just as important as literacy. Yeah. And I sort of wonder if that's going to come up and that's my transition to, we are at this amazing conference at the Del Coronado in San Diego, not to make everyone listening jealous, although I think it's pretty warm in most places now. You should now. be jealous. <laughs> but the, the beach is beautiful. It's a, it's a historic hotel. Uh, but it's really this convening of all of these amazing minds. I mean, you have people from Norman Lear, the famous playwright, uh, all the way to um, Mark Cuban, who spoke yesterday about drug pricing and 
Uh, I know there's a few favorites that you're going to mention, but let's talk about why are you here and then maybe one or two highlights for you over the last day and a half that we've been here. Well, first of all, I certainly am experiencing imposter syndrome as I walk around life itself because what a phenomenal group of people and what an amazing forum to really up the level actually around health literacy and health conversations and and really um, find that inspiration. And also just, I think a million great partnerships and relationships will come out of this event and hopefully do good for the world. And so I'm certainly here for that. I'm, I'm here to represent Salesforce in those conversations. And I have enjoyed every minute uh, of the conference and I have enjoyed every minute at the Hotel Del Coronado as well. Um, but I have to say two of my favorites are uh, Dean Kamen and Mark Cuban. I mean, Dean Kamen, first of all, just reminds me of um, Duck B from Back to the Future, right? I kept looking for Marty and I just his inventions, his spirit, his energy. And, you know, he's he, he makes you feel he's a young man in his 70s. And um, I look at him and I the first thing I felt like was, what have I done today? Like <laughs> He's just, he, he feels to be um, solving for, for everything in a very... Um, he, he called it the race against time, right? Like he seems to get up every day and that's his, his passion. So it's very invigorated by him and his work. Mark Cuban, look, drug, drug pricing is a huge issue. Um, it remains one of the biggest issues of the decade. Um, people having to choose between medications and food or rent is simply unacceptable. And I love his passion. I love that he is saying it's not about them making money on this business. For me, it's about disrupting that business. So I love both his his innovative entrepreneurial spirit, as well as you just want to root for him because you want to root for everyone to say, of course, you should be able to take your medication and and go about your life, right? So, um, and of course, meeting Sanjay and Mark has been phenomenal and I wish them the best of success and and hope to partner with them in the future. And I think this is a fantastic beginning to, to more conversations. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head, which is not only do they have phenomenal speakers, there are a lot of events that do, but the speakers are sticking around. Like last night, Mark and Sanjay and others stuck around and chatted with people for hours on end. And I think it's rare that you get to have an opportunity where you get drinks and dinner and learning and lunch and all that good stuff today. And so they've really done an amazing job at not only recruiting the right people, but also getting them to stick around because it is the networking, it is the cross-pollinization of ideas that I think is so powerful. Um, so I do want to get into something a little more personal and then a little bit fun, and then we'll wrap up so you can get back and we can get back to the content. I like to ask all my guests, this was like a pandemic thing, if you had one wish, it could be a personal wish, a societal wish, whatever it is, what would it be? That is an amazing question. I, you know, I think at this moment in time, and I might sound like a beauty pageant, um, you know, contestant here, but really it would be, it would 100% be world peace. There is just too much tragedy going on in the world that feels incredibly um, preventable. I also come from a family that were refugees. Um, so much of what's happening in the Ukraine reminds me of the stories from my parents of, of what it was like when um, India and Pakistan split and the tragedies and, um, just no words. And, and actually, my father said this is so similar to what our experience was. There just weren't cameras and social media readily available back then, but so many atrocities were committed. And so this cycle of, of history, it just needs to stop, right? It just needs to stop. Yeah. Or people need to realize that we are all one global community and we're actually a lot more like each other than we're not. It's okay to have differences, but uh, I agree with you. And I 
Little known fact about me, but I did do Russian studies for six years, so Get out. I know wow. enough to be dangerous about the whole Russia-Ukraine thing. And I didn't know that about you, and um, where you're like, I, I suspected that you had come from um, India, Pakistan, and I know of the conflict, but I think a lot of people forget about that and like just how disruptive that was, and just how many people died and. Maybe it gets swept under the rug a little bit in our Euro and Amerocentra history, but we won't get politically. Right? Um, we will go to our last question, which is a fun one, and I know what your answer is, and I already love it, but I love to ask people, <laughs> and we're not far away from a uh, island at the very least, right? I think Del Coronado sort of sits out on its own. Uh, you're stuck on a deserted island. You can only take one album with you. Which album would you pick and why? So my very first concert was U2. And Bono will forever be a rock star to me. I don't care how old Bono gets so or how old I get for that matter. So I'm going to have to say you two, Joshua Tree, hardcore U2 fan. Um, so on that island, you know, Bono, Bono will make it all better. <laughs> You'll make it better. It's what, actually one of my favorite albums of all time is Joshua Tree and uh, one of my good friends and uh, colleagues at uh, Real Chemistry, Paulo Simas, I think you may have met, but he and I went to their, I think it was their 25th anniversary, and they replayed the entire album. This is at Levi's Stadium, and it was just wow. a near religious experience. You didn't invite so me. I need to come I didn't know you at the time. point. Otherwise, I would have invited you, and now that I know you're a fan. Well, with that, we'll wrap it up, and um, thank you so much for doing this. What a pleasure to be able to do it live. What a pleasure to be able to do it in such a beautiful place, such an amazing conference. This is Aaron Strout. CMO of different CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, I have to clarify that here, <laughs> of Real Chemistry and host of the Real Chemistry podcast show with Dr. Gita Nayar, who is an MD, an MBA, and the Chief Medical Officer of this little technology company called Salesforce. Thank you so much, Gita, for doing this. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Want more episodes of the Real Chemistry podcast? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Stitcher app, or iHeartRadio via the Health Podcast Network. Go to realchemistry.com for more info.